Tuesday, people. Dude, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good Tuesday. Dude, like we had an interesting day at work, and I've just been saying to myself, I just gotta I gotta make it to seven o'clock. I gotta make it to seven o'clock. I'm gonna lay down some good shit. I'm gonna lay down a good episode here. Had some decent games. Got some storylines to get into. It's a lot of stuff to get into this week, and we're going to the playoffs. Dude, I uh, so yeah. As always, uh, the quick run of the podcast is we're gonna talk nonsense for the next ten minutes or so. By just random shit, you know, we'll get to some NFL stuff. We will uh, look into Week 12 storylines, which will include the Patriots, the Cowboys, um, the Raiders. Who else got in the storylines? Oh, let's see. Green Bay laying an egg. The Raiders, right? Officiating. As always, every week. Wild card. So a couple of storylines we're going to get to out of Week 12, and then we're going to look right into Week 13 and the big games uh, of the uh, Thanksgiving slate. And before we begin... I want to say we are thankful for our fans. Yes. We are thankful for the Profile Radio podcast. Yes, we are. We enjoy doing this. We love it. We look forward to uh, Tuesday nights. Coming, uh, you know, getting out of work, decompressing for a fucking hour. Yep. And then just spin some shit. Goddamn right. Especially the OGs, the Sarah O's, the Hercules 2424, a.k.a. Freddy, you're fired and then our boy josh haitian who and then your boys out in van nuys we got aaron the viking fan we got hammer time we got mr dan harris our boy no we're very thankful we appreciate you guys we appreciate your support continue to spread the word we love y'all dude this is gonna be what one year in in the next month or so yeah we, we started pretty much right before the afc championship game yeah i think it was like late december when we started yeah we're at episode this is definitely the playoffs. We're, we're 38 weeks in, right? 38 episodes. So well, a couple of bye weeks. A couple in of, there. yeah, a couple of bye weeks, a couple of weeks that we didn't record. So yeah, man, I think uh I think it's interesting. It's been an interesting first year so far. Yes, you know? sir. I'm excited about it. Dealing with audio. Listen, <laughs> seriously, oh my god, there oh. anyone that's people, starting a podcast, oh just god, get people. ready. Well, listen, if you're starting a podcast, just pay me a service fee and I'll tell you what not to do. Because I try <laughs> me and Puma trial and this shit for like what months at a time, right? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> speaking of speaking of services, you wanna hear about my new business idea? Uh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I can't wait. Hear me out, all right? Oh boy. <laughs> so last week I was uh, sitting at work, right? And one of my coworkers that I uh, I care for, you know what I'm saying? Uh, at the end of the day, you spend a lot of time with your coworkers. You know, they sort of become like families, right? She comes in, she's crying, and I'm like, "What's up, homie? What's going on?" She's like, "I'm trying to break up with my boyfriend, but it's not happening." And I'm like, "What do you mean by it's not happening?" She's like, "Well, he's not getting the hint, right?" And I'm like, "What do you mean by that?" She's like, "I just can't communicate to him that we're breaking up." So I'm like, "All right, listen, how about this? I will write you something, right?" Oh, God. <laughs> I will write a you a dear breakup. Jay letter. I, I will write you, write you a breakup letter, right? And you pay me something in exchange, whether it's money, whether it's lunch, or whatever it is, right? And we'll go from there. And she's like, "Yeah, that's a cool idea." So what I did, I went online, I found some breakup templates, I changed the names around, I sent it out to her. She loved it. She shot it across to her Wait, boyfriend. Breakup templates? Yeah, dude, there are like, actually templates out there for oh, a dude, dear Jay so many, letter. Dude, there's everything out there on the internet, bro. It's the fucking internet. There's everything out there, I right? Just, I just love this a dear Jay letter template. This is great. So. That got me thinking, what if Jay Chima, right, got sick and tired of his day job and started a breakup service where I walk you through, right, the breakup process, whether it's communicating the breakup, whether it's facilitating the breakup, whether it's even going to your significant other's house and picking up your belongings, because that could be an awkward situation, right? Now, hear me out. (laughs) 
Hear me out for a second. You're going to go. Hey, on a sec. You're going to go to someone else's house, somebody else's house, and go pack stuff and put them on a truck and move them to a different location? Yeah, dude. If they're paying me a good amount of money, I'll do it. Have you packed your own stuff yet? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, I did. All the way packed? All the way packed. Okay. Baby. All righty. Now, hear, hear me out. This is the best part about the oh, service. Oh, here we right? go. The name. The name has to be big. I right? can't wait. has to be one word. has to be precise and to the point. For a second there, I was going with divide. What, rip? No. Well, I was, going, <laughs> I was going with divide as a name, right? But I decided to go with split, I feel like, which is a much more... Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Split. <laughs> I'm going to split your assets. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Now, Put your shit in now the imagine, truck. Now imagine if I launch this business, right? And like I go to some fucking houses and shit gets crazy. What if I had like a GoPro strapped to my head and I fucking stream this to YouTube? Jay, now no I'm offense. A star. No offense. If this is when you say like, no offense and you start a sentence, there's gonna be a lot of offense. Yep, there's gonna be a little bit of offense. By a little, I mean maybe ready, a lot. I'm ready for offense. So this sounds like the show. You ever see the show Cheaters? Oh, yes. So it sounds like cheaters, but, like, there's that one episode where the host actually gets, like, assaulted when he, like, he, catch, he catches the other guy in the act of cheating on the fiancé. Like, you're going to go in there. You're going to go in there, like, all bright-eyed with, like, the fucking GoPro on, like, the miner helmet. You know, you like, you're going mining for coal. You got the, the, the GoPro up there. And you'd be like, I'm going to pack this stuff. I'm going to get great material. And the next thing you know, you're like Miles Garrett. And here comes Marquis Pouncey with haymakers and kicks to the head. Yeah. Dude, I don't want you dying. Listen. There's no show without listen, Jay. I've seen the guy that's the host of Cheaters. Very nerdy, fucking glasses. Who's afraid of that guy? I just need to grow a beard out. I'm a big dude, so people won't fuck with me. I'm going to grow a beard out. I'm going to roll up. Be like, yo, motherfucker, give me that shit, all right? Yo, oh, listen. stop it. Stop. <laughs> you didn't even do that at Waterbury. You're going to roll up to someone's house like that? Stop it. Here's my, here's my, here's stop my, it. here's, here's how I'm going to get out of tricky situations where, you know, it might get interesting. I'm going to call the police and oh, say, and say, hey, listen, I am assisting a friend in a breakup. She doesn't feel or he doesn't feel comfortable enough going to this person's house for fear of, you know, domestic assault or whatever it is. This is also the same guy that thought that when he got pulled over for speeding 65 and 30, you know, it was police brutality. Brandon, the guy, listen, you can just tell when police are not. Okay. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to. Okay, Jay. That's something we don't talk about on the podcast. Police brutality. Listen, hands up, don't shoot, right? Oh, here we go. (laughs) I finally understand what Kaepernick's all about. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now we we rail on him last week, and now all of a sudden, listen, we're not we're not really against his cops. Let's let's get let's get it straight. Listen, we do like cops. You know, cops keep us safe. Um, You know, I I couldn't be a cop, right? Could you? No, absolutely not. We watch live PD all the time. Yeah, Mm -mm. couldn't be. I do enjoy the donor part of it, but other than that, I'm I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you named this company Split. Split. Yep. Okay. What, yep. When when's the launch date? So listen, I got a lot of things going on right now. Okay. Right. I mean, <laughs> we got the podcast. You got work. Yeah, work. I got the podcast. I'm going to the Ohio State Michigan game this weekend. Yeah, going to the big house. I'm super excited. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just, Ohio State's favorite in that game, right? Of course. Yeah. Ohio, yeah. So Ohio State favorite is favorite of that game. There's a good chance though if the uh, the Buckeyes lose to Michigan. Um, Jay Chima will not exist anymore. I'll just take a bunch of cyanide and walk into a lake and never come back out. All right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You're, you're a Michigan. Just hear me out here. You're a Michigan. You're a Michigan. Say you're, you're, you're Harbaugh. How do you attack this Ohio state team? You don't, <laughs> you can't. 
No, wait. Like, team, you have team. to go in there with a game plan. What What's like the one weakness that it, Harbaugh could go after? Because you got you got to try something. There's not like there, there's no there's none at all. Nothing team, in the secondary. I, I don't want to sound like that guy, but this team from from the first game until the last game has not looked weak at all at any point. And the only time they did was when there were self-inflicted wounds, which was fumbles caused to caused because of weather. So if the, if anything's gonna happen, it's gonna be on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if I had to guess, yeah. Okay. I mean, we haven't seen it yet so far. Like, I mean, we've beaten everybody. We beat Wisconsin, our best, uh, I mean, the highest ranked opponent we played by, like, fucking four touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? We beat we beat fucking Penn State by 11 points, and that 11 points was because we had three fumbles. Like, it could have been, it was on its way to being 21-0 before the fumble happens. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like I, I don't see a weakness in this team. Special teams is good. The fucking defensive ends are good. The linebackers are good. Uh, maybe, maybe if I had to nitpick, the linebackers are a little slow for my liking, but the defensive line makes up for that. Now, the secondary, amazing. Secondary is what okay. I, I think it's the best unit on our team, and that's saying a lot. Okay. Um, Justin Fields is great. The running backs are great. The wide receivers are great. Like, it's just it's domination all the way around. Um, now, Chase Young. Everybody's on Chase Young, right? I mean, he is going if I had If I had to pick... Right, I would pick Chase Young number one overall. Oh, he's first overall. Anyone that passes on Chase Young is insane. Now, the only way I see Chase Young not being taken number one is like if Tua was still playing and Tua was you know lining it up and he was even if Tua was playing, I still think Chase Young would be first. Yeah, I'm gonna say here first, Joe Burrows. I think he's a little overrated. I like his story. Uh, obviously, he came from Ohio State. He was recruited by Ohio State. Then he got transferred down to LSU, and he's turning up. I'm happy for him. But I have this theory that after Tom Brady retires, the era of the pure pocket quarterback is going to go away. Even quarterbacks that are like Trubisky can run a little bit, right? But for the most part, you need a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, or Deshaun Watson that can move the pocket. And after Tom Brady retires, that is the end of the pure pocket um passing era in the NFL. You won't see this ever again, in my opinion. Okay. And that's why I think Tua is more valuable, even if he's hurt. I think I, if I was the GM, I would look at all the athletes in the uh, NFL draft, and I would consider Tua, if he's healthy, higher than Joe Burrows, just because there's that movability factor that is something right. you sorely need in the NFL right now. Oh, Let me man. ask you a question. When was the last time a good quarterback came out of Alabama? I mean, A.J. Uh, McCarron, all he did was win listen, on, on Saturdays, and he's holding a clipboard. Listen, that's, that's, that's a... The last the last quarterback I think that I can think of that came out of Alabama Namath? was was Namath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that argument doesn't hold weight, man. All okay. right, so, so who's more overrated? Joe Burrow I just or, think... ju- or, just, or, or I just... Justin Herbert? Ooh. Because Herbert, Herbert's Herbert laid an egg. Listen, he laid Justin, an egg Justin against Herbert Arizona is, State. Herbert's very overrated. Now, I don't think Joe Burrows is overrated. I just think the NFL and where it's going now, it's not the move you want to make. Like, a GM cannot make that move with where the NFL is going. With what you're seeing with Lamar Jackson, what you're seeing with Deshaun Watson, even Patrick Mahomes, I mean, how much he can, like, move the pocket and run. I think the NFL is moving towards this new wave of quarterbacks that we're going to... You know, we're not going to see the old pocket passer anymore. We're not going to see Peyton Manning. We're not going to see, we're not going to see Tom Brady anymore in the, right. in the NFL. So early scouting, his pocket mobility is li- is limited? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he he can move in the pocket. You're like the Brady Daniel can. Jeremiah right now. Listen, Joe Burrows can move in the pocket like uh, like Tom Brady, but when you ask him to extend the play and roll out to the left or the right, there's there's no chance. Okay. There's no chance there. I'm sorry. All right. So, 
There's that. I mean, uh, we're getting way into the weeds here with the drafts. And, uh, hey, right? I mean, but no, you know, take, there's a lot. No, I mean, there's listen. a lot that's riding on these games that's going to affect draft stock. Yep. I mean, Justin Herberts took a ginormous hit mm-hmm. against Arizona State. He looked he looked inept. He looked like he had happy feet. He was missing. He uh, they were down. They were down big at times, and he was just doing. He was checked down Charlie the whole game. He wasn't trying to air it out. It was it was a rough. It was a rough watch of the Oregon Arizona State game. So I think Chase Young goes number one overall. Like it, here's Chase Young in a nutshell. If you put one lineman to block him, he's gonna get to the quarterback. Very right. simple. Very simple. Aaron Donald is a fair comp. I think he's beyond, bigger. but like a fair comp. Yeah, fair comp. I think he's bigger, but he's not as bulky as Aaron Donald is right, right now. Okay, but he's not as bulky, but he's quicker, right? You take Nick Bosa, you take Joey Bosa, and I think you have somebody that's about twenty percent better in Chase Young. Okay, dude, like it's insane. Like this kid's gonna fucking light up the NFL, and you already see how Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa are doing. Mm-hmm. So, so you take him first. I think you take Tua after that as a second, even with the hip. Able with the hip. If he's healthy, and what they're saying right now is he'll be back and throwing during draft time. If they're saying whatever they're saying is accurate, then you take him number two. You do. Now, if the draft was to be held today, Cincinnati would be on the clock first. They'll take Chase Young. Do, do they? Because they benched they benched Andy Dalton, and he's about to start because the Ryan Finley experience didn't work. Mm-hmm. At some point, like you burn a lot of bridges with Aaron Dal- with uh, with Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle. Yeah. Do you don't think? Do you think Zach Taylor wants to bring in his own quarterback? So this, a la Cliff I think, Kingsbury. I think there's one of two ways that this can play out. They can either take Chase Young, right, or they can move back in the draft and sell the number one to the highest bidder, right? Um, I think what in my eyes, I think Tua should be number two, but most of the media is not going to see it. Like in right, my eyes, the Giants should be say, second. They're, they're going to the clock. They're going to say that Tua's injury is going to have him fall down the draft boards. And if that's the case, then I would strongly consider Cincinnati either taking Chase Young or signing the number one overall pitch to the highest bidder, moving back and taking Tua later on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Really maximize your number one overall pick that you got there. Right. Because if the draft was to pan out now, yeah. I might be wrong, but it's the it's the Bengals that would be on the clock, and then it would be the Giants, I think the Jets, yeah. and then the Dolphins would be picking four. Yeah. Yeah. But do you but do you agree with me that after Brady retires, I think that era of NFL quarterbacks is done? I think so, because I think a lot of people, and I think because of the Lamar Jackson experience here yeah. where everybody was eating a lot of, you know, they, they had a lot of egg on their face. Listen, Specifically, Bill same Polian. Here. Same, here. same here. Same here. I was I was the, railing on him before we man, did the podcast. The man completed three passes against the Chargers in a playoff game. Yep. No, listen, nobody could have predicted what happened last night or this year. Nobody could have. And if they're telling you they did, they're fucking lying to you. Because what happened between year one and year two is something that never happens for quarterbacks. I think it's the first time it's happened. The amount of the amount of absolutely insane progress he's made throwing the football. But that's what happens when you actually build around yep. a quarterback's yep. talent, like yep. like Harbaugh and, and Greg Roman. But I think, like you said, everyone's going to be going after the next Lamar Jackson. And I think the next one coming up, if you're going to do a comp, is Jalen Hurts. And I just don't know if he's that's not as quick. that's he's not, not as even quick. as fair. He's not as quick. like that's no, not like not. now that's nope. just, now you're reaching for a brass ring like. Lamar Jackson is one of one. Yep. You're, you're not going to find yep. anybody anytime soon, at least listen, in this generation, listen, another Lamar Jackson. Skip Bellis made a great point. Lamar Jackson is the best running back in the NFL right now. And he's a quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, he's about, to, he's about to average. I guess this is going to blend into one of our points this week. But, like, he's averaging, to, about to average 200 passing yards and 60 rushing yards as a quarterback every game. Like, he's doing things that nobody in the entire history of the NFL has done. He's yeah. doing things that Michael Vick hasn't done. Yeah. And that's not even a fair comp. Michael Vick it, can't hold his jock right I, now. I think, Michael, I think Lamar Jackson is quicker in and out of the cuts. Than uh, Michael Vick is. I think Michael Vick might be. Listen, I think I think straightaway speed. I think both of them are the same, right? I think in and out of cuts, Lamar Jackson is quicker than Michael Vick, and I think throwing the football, he's way ahead of Michael mm-hmm. Vick right now. Uh, and and and, and I, I listen. Lamar Jackson is a different level of speed. It's something you can't teach, right? There's there's speed that Patrick Mahomes has. There's speed that um, Deshaun Watson has. Who else is a great running quarterback in the NFL? That Wilson is the next one. Russell Wilson. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, even even Kaepernick in his prime, where he had that speed, like it's not compared to what Lamar Jackson has. Yeah. Like there's runs where Lamar Jackson's pulling away, not from defensive linemen or linebackers, from safeties and cornerbacks, defensive backs, everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. At the end of the day, man, I'm happy for LJ. The guy is actually crushing it. He's my MVP vote. Just right give him the MVP. Just give it to him. It's not even close. Night. I think this upcoming game, and we'll talk about this later on with the 49ers and the Ravens, that's going to be big for both I'm, teams. I'm hoping it gets flexed. Yeah. I know it's, I mean, we're recording on a Tuesday. Yeah. If it hasn't been flexed now, it's probably not going to be. Well, but, no, they're not going to kill the Patriots off prime time. But, There's dude, no dude, like, listen, out of the most compelling game, the Pats Texans. Yeah. Or 49ers, Ravens. Like Are you the best me or the audience? The be- like Because me, yeah, I don't watch the Patriots. Ju- but the best defense versus the number one offense? I mean, listen, I love, I'm love. i down for a good primetime matchup. This is it. Like, this is what people want. Like, there's been many people last night on Twitter going at the NFL, one of them being Field Yates of ESPN, just being like, at NFL, how many retweets will it take for you to flex the Ravens uh, 49ers game? Like, everybody wants to see this. Like, Lamar Jackson is it right now. Yeah. Good, cool, cool. Let's uh, let's actually get into our storylines, man. I guess. You know yeah, I think, we went uh, from bullshit to college yeah. to oh, LJ. To- oh, one more thing, one more thing. I uh, I saw Daisy Ridley, right, on the, the Lee Chicken Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bro, I'm a big fan. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. She's like the main person in Star Wars now. Yeah. Uh, she's like the... Uh, yeah, whatever. she's like Skywalker Jr. kind whatever. of deal. But big fan, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what, 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 where did you see her? Uh, it was on like a late night show. Uh, okay. um, and the only reason why I got hooked into the video was because it was titled like Last Star Wars Interview or whatever, right? Just because, well, like Last Star Wars movie ever made or whatever some bullshit yeah, is. Yeah, air quote. Well, that's what they said. Right. And part of me got super excited because I fucking hate Star Wars. I think it's stupid as hell. So wow, I was like, okay. you know what? Keep that same energy. Let me watch this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm so excited that they're done with the Star Wars movies. Okay. They're so stupid, bro. Okay. All right, let's move go on. back to Game of Thrones. Dude, big fan of Game Trash. of Thrones. <laughs> Anywho, so th- storylines. All right, so my first storyline is the uh, the Patriots beat down the Cowboys. Um, and by beat down, I mean a four-point victory. I was going to say, like, <laughs> dude, let's let's be honest yeah. here. Beat no, down is a stretch. Listen, so the Patriots beat the Cowboys 13-9 thir- in a very sloppy game that was affected by the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, defense was the hero again, causing multiple turnovers. And I will go out and say it. Gilmore is the best cornerback in the league right now. Hands down. Are you just coming around to that school of thought? Uh, well, I hate to say it because I'm a Patriots fan. And if I said it three weeks ago, you believe I'm a Patriots fan. But he's proved it now to everybody. He just proved it. I, well, I think. I he think ju- well, he, now you're he, agreeing he, with me. I'm saying? He, no, I'm just I'm, I'm 
I thought he was the best cornerback after like week two. <laughs> like now we're coming around. I, listen, what what, what do you need to do? Have five pick sixes in a game? Well, <laughs> like what meets what meets the Jay Chima standard of greatness? I don't, I don't like, know, man. I don't know. Uh, so Gilmore. So he obviously Gilmore locked up Cooper. And Cooper looked absolutely inept, man. And I believe uh, Gilmore needs to be in the defensive player of the year conversation. Now offense. Um, I don't know how I felt about that performance just because, on one hand, Brady seemed a little more comfortable in some passing situation, and he was throwing some lasers. Um, he also had six massive drops that really stalled out some drives. But on the other hand, we only scored 13 points and only really had one good-looking drive, right? So it's a lot of, I can see the potential moving forward towards something positive, but then a lot of, well, fuck, they only scored 13 Let's points. Let's talk about they, the people on the field, though. I mean, you got... The second career Jacoby game, Myers. Nikhil Harry. Yep. You got the undrafted free agent yep. in Jacoby Myers, Julian Edelman, yeah. old man Watson, like, and that there was one other. I think there was. Oh, and Matthew Slater. Matthew yeah. Slater was lining up outside and then was also doing special teams. Yeah, listen, man. I will say it. I think on an indoor dry field like Cowboy Stadium, we would have lost that game. I think so. I. The, the Cowboys, they should have won that game. Yep. They were the most explosive team. And the stat that I saw that, that kind of blew me away. So if you look on the just the scoring drives alone for the Pats, the they totaled out of the three scoring drives, the, the block punt that turned into a touchdown, and then the, uh, the two field goals, that was 55 yards total in three drives. The first drive that the Cowboys got that actually turned into points – Almost equaled that 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 entire total, yeah. and then the last drive uh, when they kicked the field goal at the end of the game, where I think Garrett should have just went for the touchdown and just pushed his chips all in. That was a seventy-six yard drive. Like they were the more explosive offense on the field. Uh, it was just poor coaching. They got away from the run with Ezekiel Elliott. Amari Cooper couldn't get anything going. Like I'm with you. That that if that was in Cowboy Stadium, that's yeah. a different story. And that this. Well, listen, There's I, nothing in this offense that inspires confidence. Well, because right now. he's he has no talent around him. Like this is the worst talent group I've seen around Tom Brady ever. I will go out there and say ever. Like besides Edelman, I can't name any more anybody on that offense that can start from their team. What Jacoby Myers, Ben Watson, Nikhil Harry. Like come on, like these guys are not starting on another fucking NFL team. Um, and I think the other the other bigger issue here is because of lack of talent, the offense hasn't been able to create an identity just yet. Because there's so much mishmashing, so much, so much of uh, injured players, uh, so much of not protecting Brady enough to get a rhythm going to actually get our identity going. It's 12 weeks in, we have no fucking identity right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean they were there was actually a semblance of a run game. Like I think uh, Sony Michelle had seven. What was it like 15, 15 rushes for 72 yards? And I think a lot of that might be attributed to Isaiah Wynn coming back because some of those runs came on the left hand side where Isaiah Wynn plays. But I, there's just there's just not a whole lot here, and just to the fact of the limited talent around Brady at at the wide receiver position uh, in pregame, I guess uh, Aaron Andrews actually asked Tom Brady the question of you know what does he think about the New England wide receivers or something along those lines. I'm I'm paraphrasing the question, but his answer to that is you know 
part of it, uh, when you have the older guys like Jules, a.k.a. Julian Edelman, uh, it's great for me because I can feel like I can be myself without feeling like I am a coach because I'm not a coach. I'm a player. Like, he's he's done, in my opinion, with that quote, he's done having the lack of, I guess, talent at the wide receiver position and people learning the job on the fly. Like, the dude's, what, 42? Yeah, 42. 42, like... He doesn't have time for this shit. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have time for this shit. So... And I, and I play Belichick, all right? I said it. I don't know, man. I mean, you had Antonio Brown there, oh, and... We can't, we can't do this every single week, bro. The guy's not there anymore. But, but the last to... guy to approve Antonio Brown being released was Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter. He's not there anymore. We have to move on to what we have and what we can do in the future. Which is... This is not. I'm telling you right now. This is not an offense. Well, I know that. that. Going I know that. That was my last point here. We're not going to super with this offense. It is but the issue is, let's forget about that fucking past and let's try to figure out how to move forward and make this work. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, what, what are they going to do? Dontrell Inman just got cut. You're going to sign Dontrell Inman? Like, there's nobody out. Well, I, Josh Dotson? Oh, I don't know, dude. I don't know, but this shit's not working. You know what I'm saying? Antonio Brown's not fucking coming back. And hell, even Gronk. Even Gronk was taking pot shots on I Tom know, Brady on Fox. I was like, this motherfucker. Not only Jesus. looking like a dude that's being held hostage from the Dead Poets Society. Like, do you not understand that, like, you can't be doing that about your old team when you're out there? But, like, whatever, man. Yo! Uh, all right, so my second storyline, I'll just blend it into this just because it's the other side of this game, which is the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and the fucking shade they threw at his coaching staff after the game. Um, Jerry Jones, in my eyes, uh, is laying the groundwork for letting Garrett walk at the end of the year, right? After the Cowboys lost, Jerry Jones laid into his coaching staff with remarks such as being outcoached, lack of coaching fundamentals, and when asked about a narrow in play, he said 100% coaching was the issue. Uh, and the kicker, the kicker of it all was when he was like, I shouldn't be this frustrated at this team. Now, I yeah. think, right, I think Jerry Jones, at, Jerry Jones at week 12, at the week 12 mark with the 6-5 and five team realized he doesn't have an elite team and has started the process of laying the media narrative of letting uh, Jason Garrett go at the end of the year. Uh, and to be real, man, I agree with, uh, with Jerry Jones. I believe after 10 years, Garrett has had so many opportunities and has come you know, and he's basically come really short of expectations. If I had to guess, anything short of a Super Bowl berth means Jones is letting Garrett walk away. And and if I had to guess, I think I think Jerry Jones goes into college rankings to pull out a quarter uh, to pull out a coach. Man, I think Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. I mean, with uh, with just where offenses are moving towards, um, I think Lincoln Riley and his imagination uh, and his way of running offenses uh, with Dak and Zeke, I think could be absolutely lethal. So. Uh, I, I think Jerry. Uh, I think Jerry Jones is just angling to get uh, Jason Garrett out of the right. Out of I the mean, picture here soon. He's he's not gonna fire him in the middle of the season. Yeah, like he's not gonna fire him before. Like even if they lay an egg against the Buffalo Bills at home, Jason Garrett's not gonna get fired because you just have to tread water in the NFC East and you're gonna win the division and go to the playoffs. And at that point, all bets are off. But I don't. I don't see. Lincoln Riley leaving a cushy job in Oklahoma. Like, you, you're the man out there. Like, you, Yeah, but you're the man in Oklahoma. Right, Who but cares? like... What, There's nothing he's out not there. Ba- he's not Barry Switzer. Like, he's... <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think he would leave. If anything, if any college guy is going to make the jump, it would probably be Matt Rule. He would have had the Jets job if the New York Jets and the, uh, the Johnson family would have let him pick his own coaching staff. But they wouldn't let him, and he took the Baylor job instead. This was before, this is when he was the head coach at at, uh, at Temple. I think if you're going to go from the college ranks, you go 
you go Matt Rule. If you want some pro experience, who's that, short of a retread? It's it's gonna be Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, unless unless they go on like a, a crazy run, they win out. They 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 run rough shot over the the playoffs. They have an offense that could do that. The, a defensive front that can hang. If they're able to win out and somehow get to the Super Bowl and win, that's the only way I can see Jason Garrett keeping his job. But I just I don't know. And then you got Jerry Jones hopping on local Dallas uh, media doing quotes like, uh, he, you know, he was more upset essentially that they were the Cowboys were unprepared uh, for the New England weather and conditions than the in-game decision making by Jason Garrett. And he had a couple of quotes, and I'm going to attempt the Jerry Jones impersonation here. The reason the banks don't drill at the wells is they assured all the people who put the money in the bank they'll get their money back. So that's essentially Jerry Jones explaining why Jason Garrett doesn't need to use analytics during in-game decision-making. I got money in the bank. And it's just, I, you know, welcome to Jerry World. I wouldn't be shocked if somehow Jason Garrett goes on a run and somehow keeps his job. Well, listen, I, I think anything short of a Super Bowl berth is going to lead to Jerry Jones letting him walk, right. right? I think I think a team is too talented to go to the NFC Championship game and lose. And if I had to guess, the way the NFC NFC is looking right now, they're not going to make it to the fucking NFC Championship game. If anything, if they're going to if they fire Jason Garrett, Kevin Moore is a head coach. Oof, that's pretty bad. I don't think I don't think anybody from college is going to be banging down the doors to go like short of Urban Meyer, which according to Jason Lacafora a few weeks ago, kind of committed a cardinal sin of like throwing his hat in the ring when yep. nobody asked him. Yep. Like, do you want to be a head coach again? Yep. So I would like to see that though. I, I would love to see Urban Meyer reunited with Zeke. I don't know. He might have a fucking heart attack on the sideline, dude. Like, I don't. I, dude, I don't. Urban Meyer, man. If you look at his fucking coaching career, he's won at every single stop, man. Dude, he took Pulling Green. He took Utah. He took Florida. Yeah, and so did Saban. And then he went to fucking Miami, and he couldn't hack it. I think I think Urban Meyer fundamentally as a person is different. I mean, it's more it's more player-friendly than Nick Saban is, and that's what you need in the NFL. You don't need a tyrant running your fucking NFL team. You need somebody that has some sort of personality, not as a fucking stick figure. I don't know, man. It's Miami. People were just running roughshod over there as a player. They ran over Joe Philbin. Nick Saban kind of was being a total tearing, and the ownership kind of squashed that. That's Miami, bro. It's fucking insane They're down actually there. letting Brian Flores do his, hookers everywhere. doing his job. <laughs> nah, I don't know, man. I, uh, all right, I got the first two of my storylines out the way, brother. So you, the floor is yours for your well, first two storylines. Things actually kind of blend together. The The Oakland Raiders, I, I was going to mention them last week, and I completely forgot. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll do an IGTV video post about the Raiders. But I'm like, let Glad me you see. Did. Let me that see. That have aged well. <laughs> let me see what happens against the Jets. Because they beat the Bengals two weeks ago, but it, it wasn't in convincing fashion. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the Jets. They could have won that game and had a share at the first place. You know, first place in the AFC West, and they didn't even get off the bus. I don't even think they got on the plane to head to the Big Apple. They laid a friggin' egg in the 1 o'clock time slot, which is, dude, it's the 1 o'clock time slot, and you're getting blown out by 30 points. They lost 33-3. to Derek Carr had a pick six. Uh, the game got out of hand real quick, and what drove me nuts when I was watching uh, on watching at work, and then I went back and watched the replays. Oh, I'm telling you, boss. Was it was just you're down big, and you're not even taking shots down the field. Like you're, you're still trying to run 
the short underneath passes that that defense is smoking out every time. You're you're still trying to establish the run when you're down like 17 points with Josh Jacobs. Like you need to take shots down the field. I would have I would have more respect if they took shots down the field and Derek Carr got picked off that way than the cheap underneath screen pass when you're down like 20 points and then it turns into a pick six because the guy picked it off and like the at the 10 yard line and ran it to the goddamn house like this was bad and they they have a huge game this week against the kansas city chiefs in arrowhead like you couldn't take business take care of business against the jets on the road in the big apple and you expect to show up in arrowhead and win that's just absolutely not. That's ins- not that is happening. insane. It's not happening. I bought into the Raiders a little bit just because I'm like, oh my god, look at these guys. They're fucking tearing it up right now. Um, and I thought they had a good chance of winning the uh, winning the FC West, but after being embarrassed on national TV against the fucking Jets, absolutely not, bro. You're a fucking clown and show. Then, You're a clown then, show. And then it goes to my second point, which is it opened up the the the, the AFC wild card because if they won. Yep. They, they would have been first. Yep. They would have been first. They would have been tied for first in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. That would have had it would have been the Bills and the Oakland Raiders uh, for the two wild card spots. And now it's like the Bills. They're an eight win team right now. They're, they're in right. They're, so it's the Raiders, the Titans, the Colts, and the Browns. Right. Right. Those four are just kind of vying right there for the last AFC uh, wild card spot. And if I had to guess right now, I think listen, people don't don't buy into that Ryan Tannehill bullshit. All right. He's not a good quarterback. Uh, he's not. He's just stop. He's not, he's going to eventually fucking wet the bed, all right? Don't trust in him. I think the team that you really have to keep an eye out here for is the Browns. I can't wait. I'm sucking. I'm fucking saying this right now. They win this week. They're 6-6 six and six compared. Uh, and they're right there in the fucking uh, wild card spot yeah. now, man. And they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they have the second wild card spot at 6-5. and five. And like you said, I mean, it's, it's still a live group. The, the Raiders, the, the Steelers, Indy, Tennessee, Cleveland, out of that whole group. The the uh, I think that the, they have them being the 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 Cleveland Browns. They have the Cle- the, the easy schedule. They got the Steelers. They play the Bengals twice. Yeah. They have Arizona. The one game the that scares you is Baltimore. But they beat, but Baltimore, they beat Baltimore already. They, you know, I don't understand that. How did they beat Baltimore, man? But I mean, they had Miles Garrett then too. So I mean, yeah. it's this whole AFC wild card got thrown into a funk because Oakland couldn't take care of business. In the Big Apple, and we're gonna get into the game preview, but no fuck Oakland, done with could, them. It could be, it could be rough. I mean, Derek Carr is gonna have to take shots downfield, and listen, there's no way he's out dueling Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely no way. I would have given him a shot if they didn't get embarrassed by the Jets. I would have given him the shot of going into our head, playing good defense, running the ball with Josh Jacobs, keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, making sure that ball control is in the in the favor of the Raiders. But after that fucking loss to the Jets, there's no fucking way I'm taking um, the Raiders to beat the uh, the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Right. I mean, the only thing I could think of is if Buffalo lays an egg because they have a tough schedule coming up. I mean, we're going to get in the game preview for them. They, they're going to be on the road this Thursday on Thanksgiving uh, in Jerry World in Dallas. Then they got Baltimore. They play Pittsburgh on the road. They're on the road in New England, and then they end the year in the, with the against the Jets. And I mean, Jesus, the, the kid that was seeing Ghost a few weeks ago is stringing some wins together. The, the, this could be interesting going down the wire. The entire AFC wild card could be wide open after this week. It's insane. Speaking of Thanksgiving, what's your favorite uh, side dish? 
stuffing. To tame here. Stuffing Dude, and stuffing apple pie. Stuffing is where it's at, bro. Apple Oof. pie, but it's got to have like the cr- like the, the cinnamon, oh, like the brown sugar crumbs. man. I got chubby. All right. Let's move on. But, yeah, so you, I guess we're on our third points because we blended two into one. Cool, man. man. My last point from uh, the Week 12 storylines was uh, Green Bay getting absolutely routed 37-8 by the 49ers, man. Listen, first of all, let me let me apologize to my boy, Hammer Time, right? Hammer Time is a big-time 49ers fan. God bless Hammer Time. And we love Hammer Time. I have been skeptical about the 49ers. How team, dare he, Hammer Time? But I am buying into this team now. I am, man. I really am. That front four defensive line is the best in the NFL. And we all know if you can get pressure with just four, you're going to cause all kinds of havoc on any offense. Now, I think right now I see 49ers, Saints, or Hawks coming out of the NFC uh, for the Super Bowl berth. Now, Green Bay, what the fucking hell happened, bro? You got absolutely embarrassed on national TV, and the 49ers dominated you in all phases of the game. Rodgers looked really, really bad as well, man. I don't think, I, I don't think no I've shit. seen him worse. I don't think I've seen him worse, truthfully. 104 yards, one touchdown, and a QBR of 8.5. In the fourth quarter. QBR of 8.5. Think about and that. And it wasn't like they took him out in two minutes left. They took him out with a lot of time left in the fourth quarter. And this is the first time I've seen Rodgers not be able to evade pressure, right? So one of his calling cards is being able to avoid pressure, extend the play, but dare I say he looks slow, even a little old, just because he had absolutely nothing Sunday night. Absolutely nothing. Um, now, I don't know what to make of this loss. Like, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and it just might be a bad week, and you throw the fucking game. Oh, you're being and nice. And you move on. But, I don't know, man. This is one of those where it's like, uh, Dude, they laid. You start reevaluating everything. Now, the only good thing is, uh, luckily, they get to take on the fucking hapless Giants here this weekend. and They'll just blow them out. But, like... This is one of those wins where you look at... If this is a get-right game for the the Giants' rush attack, this is it because the the Packers can't stop the run. And for fantasy perspectives, like Daniel Jones is projected to finish with 19 points. How? I don't know. But no, like this this Packers team is maddening. They they laid an egg Mm -hmm. two weeks ago against the Chargers. It was the first West Coast trip. I think they went home. They kind of they took care of business, and then they they had a bye week, and then they they had this game. And it's just there's no for an offense that is the McVay Shanahan more Shanahan model. There's no urgency. There's no urgency coming out of the huddle. There's no urgency at the line. There's no. They they didn't even go hurry up. Like. There's no. It was almost lackadaisical at times from Aaron Rodgers and this offensive unit on Sunday, and you're down, you're down like 14 points in the first quarter, and you can't even string anything together. Dude, like, it was 23 zero at halftime. It was it was bad, and the only thing that there there was a spark of life coming out of halftime with the touchdown pass and the two point conversion to Devontae Adams, and yeah. then they just they couldn't get out of their own way. Well, well, the next play, the next drive after that was. Two plays and a touchdown for the 49ers with that big play yeah. to George Kittle. Yeah. And George Kittle with George a fractured Kittle, ankle. Speaking of George Kittle, looks like a like a homeless fucking yeah, bum. It looks like if Post Malone with no tattoos and yeah, a football pass. Really, I don't know how to I don't know how to put this properly, but I think just his like choice of uh facial hair makes him look like a like a trailer trash kind of person. You right. Know? You know, you don't want to see him in a back alley. But there's just you know, I kind of hate him because of his a face. Few, a few weeks ago, I, I said on here that the, the Dallas Cowboys were pretenders in, in the NFC. And a, tied for first with that is is the Green Bay Packers. Like, they, they are 
I don't. They shouldn't be the record that they are. They got a lucky win with the the Detroit Lions, and then just they haven't. Been, they I think they're towards the bottom of the league in pace to play. They're towards the bottom of the league with points put on the board. Like they're, you can't win like this. Speaking of contenders, and pretend I should cut you off there. I'm sorry, but like I think this is the first time in a long time that this late in the season I haven't been able to distinguish one clear cut favorite out of the NFC. Right out of the AFC, it's gonna be Patriots or, or the Ravens, right? But I think out of the NFC, man, the Saints, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Vikings, I'm throwing up there now as well. Um, there's like four teams up there, and maybe who knows? Green Bay could turn it around and be hot all of a sudden. Aaron Rodgers, you can never count them out. Let's say you have five teams there that you really don't know where the fuck it's gonna right. go, right? And like, I'm gonna assume that it's, I don't think that the Green Bay Packers are gonna have a home playoff game, of course. So, they're gonna they're gonna have to go back to the West Coast, whether or not it's San Francisco or Seattle, and you laid two eggs, and now all of a sudden the playoffs are going to turn it on. We're going to win yeah. with Brian Balaga that may be out for a little bit with a with a knee issue, and like the offensive line was bad when he was in the game, and then when he left, it went from bad to like fifteen feet of crap, and then suck, and then there they are as an offensive line. Like the, this whole offense is bad. Like I don't have any confidence in this team as well to, to, to move the ball when it matters. All right. Well, that, <gasps> that is my uh, storyline number three. What is your number three storyline? Officiating. Sir? Something's got to be something done. Something fucking put in here every week, right? Some, something's got to be done. And, you know, you had the offensive passing interference called on Jared Cook that wasn't offensive passing interference. And then you had at the crucial drive uh, for the Carolina Panthers to tie the game up. Uh, they're in the red zone. I think they're on like the five yard line and the, the saints, they weren't called for this at first. And then the booth called down and said, no, that's passing interference that, that Carolina first down first and goal, you know, lucky for the saints, the Carolina Panthers couldn't punch it in. They settled for a field goal that would have, uh, I think that would have given them the lead, but then Joey Sly missed it from like fucking 20 yards out. And then Drew Brees did his thing and the rest is history. But, the, and then you have the two phantom, phantom tripping calls in the, the Cowboys game. And the one that was crucial was in the fourth quarter, they were driving towards the end of the game. Uh, it would have been, it was like a third down play. Dak Prescott throws it. It would have been a first down, kept the drive alive. And next thing you know, it's a phantom tripping call and it caught, they, they back him up a little bit in, into their own end zone here. And I thought, uh, Troy Aikman was going to assault Mike Pereira in the booth when Mike Pereira was like, oh, he kind of lifted his feet to block. And Troy Aikman's like, well, how the hell is he supposed to block if he can't lift his feet, Mike? Like, how is he supposed to do his job? How are you supposed to block and not move on the offensive line? I thought I thought Troy Aikman was going to kill Mike Pereira. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, right before, I believe it was before kickoff of Monday Night Football, the NFL... Uh, the report came out by beat reporters out in Dallas uh, that they reached out to Jerry World and said that, you know, we we blew those calls uh, with those tripping. Now, what does that do? Why do you even say that? Well, you I might hate, as well not I hate say when anything. They come out, I hate when they come out and say they're wrong because then it just ignites everything again. Right. You know and, what I'm and that's what caused this whole, sh you know, Sean Payton, let's nuke the goddamn rule book and have a replay 
uh, replay process that's not working. And you know what the fucked up thing is, Jay? Is What's the fucked up thing? The bro? last last week, Connor Orr, great writer for Sports Illustrated, he he wrote a piece about the refereeing crisis, and I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, but he asked the question to the the Mike Pereira of ESPN. I, I'm forgetting his name. He does the Monday Night Football, the the officiating booth. He's James Territor? Yeah. No, 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 no. The the ref, the referee. I forget his name. He's kind of like the bald guy. Mm. But um, he asked him the question, with this replay review uh, and the process that's there now, would you guys even overturn what happened in the NFC Championship game that caused this whole thing? And that guy told uh, Connor Orr straight up, with the parameters that these guys are given right now, if I'm on the field as a referee, I'm probably not overturning the Nickel Roby Coleman Penalty uh, non-call, even if that happened today. Like the, you put a you put a rule in place. It's like peace at any price with a gun to your head, but you're not even going to use that, and you're not even using it in like break glass in case of emergency moments. And there's a lot of people out there that, and I'm kind of buying into this school of thought that one this is more realistic that the, this is like the NFL's version of like F you like, okay, we gave you your rule, but we're not going to abide by like how you think the rule should be. And then there's people that are like tinfoil hat folks that think is the NFL doing this to cover point spreads? Because here's the thing with that call in the end zone. And then I think the Carolina, the Panthers biffed that, uh, that field goal, the Panthers ended up covering the point spread with without that with that loss and there's i would be interested it would be interesting to see if you could go back to crucial nine calls that happened throughout the season up to this point what the point spreads were like it, for those people that are in that school of thought when um, you say those people do you believe this as well a little bit oh my god i'm in that school of thought i mean listen the nfl is getting in bed with like these online sports betting people and the fan duels of the world and the DraftKings and you know the the name a sports book out in las vegas kind of deal to get sports betting as another form of revenue stream and now you have these nonsensical rules and replays that are that aren't working but th- there's money on the line in point spreads like I'm just saying, for those tinfoil hat people, and Don't I guess... Don't you think there's an easier way to do that instead of going through all this and making all kinds of stupid rules? Yeah, have something? a sky judge. Have a sky judge like the AAF did. It doesn't even have to be a veteran person. Like, just have a like a middle team, like a guy that's done like five years as a referee in the NFL and put his ass up in the booth and give him five LECD TVs with 4K high definition. It... it I'm not a Mike Florio guy, but he brings up a point all the time and says, you need to have a rule in place where a hundred drunks at a bar can look at it on TV and understand that that is what, like, that's a penalty and that needs to either be reviewed and overturned and whatnot. And that is the, that is a goddamn fact. There's no reason why me on my couch should be able to see within five seconds that that's not passing interference, but it becomes a friggin' dog and pony show on the field with your Microsoft Surface like little fucking tablet here takes two minutes to look at stuff when it's clearly passing interference or is clearly not passing interference and you're not making the right call. Like if that's the case, Al Riveron's got to go. 
Like, you need to get somebody in there that's actually capable of doing their damn job. Especially when there's money on the line and we're going in the playoffs. There's going to be playoff shares on the line for these players. And people, like I just said, are going to be betting money down on these games. Are you going to feel confident as a fan to put down $1,500 on a game and you don't know which referee is going to actually have their head out of their ass? Okay. Uh, seems like you worked up about that. It's just like it's just <laughs> insane. And then like you have like Al Riveron do like this half-ass video you know on Twitter. Do? You know what they got to do? They got to do a Thursday night show with the referees come out on TV and you basically judge them on their performance that week. And if you don't get a rose or a football, you get booted off off your bad play and you don't come back for three weeks. Like, That'd be a great reality TV show. Like, base, like people can rail on baseball for being long, but the referees in that league are not this fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, week 13, uh, games that we're going to pick. Uh, starting off with the Thursday. Thursday slate, which is Thanksgiving. First game, Bears versus Lions, man. Bears come off of a 19-14 win over the hapless Giants on Sunday. And we finally had a Khalil Mack sighting. Uh, Mack has been fairly quiet this year, but against the Giants, he recorded a sack. Forced a fumble and set up a touchdown that all but sealed the uh, New York Giants' fate. Uh, Turd Bisky himself wasn't great, but he wasn't his normal bad self. Yeah, it was like uh, a typical stat line. All right, it was like right in the middle. He threw for 278 yards, a touchdown, ran for another touchdown, but he threw a really bad, horrendous end zone in the uh, I'm sorry, end zone INT uh, as usual. I think it was it was just a horrific throw. I don't know what he was thinking about. He was down in the end zone, threw it right to a fucking safety. Um, now the Lions, man, their season has hit rock bottom. They started out the season with a lot of promise, um, but a 1916 loss to the fucking Redskins on Sunday is probably the lowest point of their season. Um, they have now lost seven of eight games. Now, sure, a lot of that has to do with the Stafford injury, and at times Driscoll has shown some positive lights, but he also, but he also had his rock bottom game as well uh, this past Sunday with two interceptions in the final two possessions to seal the loss. I think the the I think Matt Patricia needs to win some games before the year ends to make a case for not getting fired. Um, I do believe the Lions are going to come out swinging and win 24-21 and st- kind of start this streak of winning a couple of games so Matt Patricia doesn't get fired. Right. I mean, really, the Chicago side, the, the only bright spot here is the secondary for the, the Detroit Lions is bad. Like, the, I think they, they, they're probably worse than the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they got one of the, the top corners in the league. And Darius Slay, but nobody else is carrying carrying the water, doing their damn job. Uh, so if you look at it this way, expect Darius Slay to be on Allen Robinson. That may open up the underneath, but the issue is Taylor Gabriel is in concussion protocol right now. I don't think he's going to clear it between now and Thursday on a short week, especially with it being the early game. They're going to have to find different ways to pass the ball against the secondary. Their tight ends haven't done jack shit. I mean, I guess Cordero Patterson may be able to line up. He's going to have to play offense at some point. Um, but the, uh, I, it's just, this is a bad game. This is a bad Thanksgiving game. And on top of that, Jeff Driscoll might not even play because he's got a hamstring pull. If they were actually able to hold practice yesterday, Monday, he would have been a limited participant at best. Matt Patricia came out today and said that, you know, his hamstring is still tight. It's still sore. He may be able to play next uh, on Thursday, but that's up in the air. They off they went and reached out to Josh Johnson of the XFL to have him on his roster on their roster as additional Whoa. depth. 
And uh, and Vince McMahon and the XFL put the kibosh on that and blocked it. You're so fired. I mean, if Jeff Driscoll's not able to go, I don't look even, at John Johnson. I don't even know who's going to be able to be under center, and you know that's going to kill the upside for Kenny Galladay and, and Marvin Jones. And this is just a bad slate. the The rushing attack for the Lions may be uphill because you know right now. Yeah, the Chicago Bears took a giant step back. They regressed, in my opinion, but they're still stout against the rush. I mean, what, Bo Scarborough, like, is he really going to be the, the bell cow against this this rushing defense? Uh, the over-under in this game is 39. I mean, Jesus Christ. Hammer the under. Give me the under. Uh, give me Chicago uh, with the two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, like, that's, yeah. I, nice. No, <laughs> this is a bad game. Cool, cool. Second game of the Thanksgiving slate: Bills versus Cowboys. Four twenty-five. Everybody's gonna have their uh, their bellies full with some Thanksgiving food. Yeah, try not to be sitting, in a food coma. Sitting on the couch, uh, taking Sweat it pants. all in. Right. Uh, speaking of which, Thanksgiving is by far my favorite holiday, dude. I absolutely love it. You know what I'm saying? Sit around, you eat food, fucking watch some football. You can't beat that. Nope, can't beat that. Uh, Bills versus Cowboys. So Bills won twenty to three over the Cowboys. I'm sorry, over the Broncos this past uh, Sunday, mostly due to a dominant D holding Denver to only 134 yards. Uh, on the offensive side, Josh Allen end of the day with 105 yards, 185 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. And the running game was also uh, a great contributor as well with 108 yards from Singletary. Uh, all in all, a very complete win that was never really in doubt for the Bills. Um, and I believe it looks as if the Bills are going to make the playoffs now, which is going to be two out of three years, right? Uh yeah yeah yep, uh, and not not to recap all the stuff we talked about in the uh, early segment about the boys, um, but I do feel this is a must win for Jason Garrett. I know the record says eight and three, and the Bills are supposed to be the better team, but I don't buy that one bit. I think the boys are gonna win this game in a blowout, forty two seventeen. Okay, they come out forty two. They come out swinging. They come Christ. out swinging after all the the negativity, all the. You know, the fucking hype around the coach getting fired and all the Jerry Jones comments. 42-17. Bad day for the Bills to come into uh, Cowboy Stadium. Damn. Okay. For, Jesus, 42-17. Dude, all right. blowout. I just don't – I don't know what it is. I, I have a mental block. Maybe it's me being a Patriots fan. I think that's what it is. But I just I just can't see the Bills being as a good team. Sure, the record says 8-3, but there are times this year where I look at them and I'm like, this should be better what you're putting on the field. Well, Josh Allen is protecting the ball. I mean, he's been he's been on a good tear lately uh, over the last five weeks. Uh, he threw a pick last week against the Denver Broncos uh, for the first time in uh, you know what it, it was in a, actually the first time in a seven game span that he threw an interception, which is amazing because Josh Allen was a little bit of a pick machine last year, uh, his rookie year, and he's also uh, you know he's been the first Bill with two touchdowns in the last seven consecutive games since Jim Kelly in 1991. That was one of their Super Bowl run years uh, with Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and, you know, Andre Reid, all this. Um, and the Dallas pass defense is top 10. They're going to have to figure out ways to move the ball on the ground. You can beat Dallas on the ground. They're middle of the road at best in rush defense. So Devin Singletary, Frank Gore, the ageless Frank Gore, who just passed uh, Barry Sanders uh, for third overall in rushing yards uh, throughout the NFL his NFL career. Um, so they're going to have to really carry the load here. And I think Josh Allen could possibly – do a lot of damage with his legs we've seen him run before but he needs to make sure he doesn't get his head taken off uh while doing the damn job 
but I think this is a bounce back game for Dallas as well too. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, you can beat this team on the ground. We saw that firsthand when we went up to Buffalo a few weeks ago when Adrian Peterson turned the clock back and ran for like 115 yards uh, against the Buffalo Bills up in Orchard Park. Um, the, the total in this game is 45. I'm with you. Give me the over. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Buffalo covers the spread. Uh, the point spread is seven points in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. I think Buffalo loses, but they cover the point spread. Nice. The final game of the Thanksgiving slate is the night game between Saints and Falcons. Yeah. I, know um, fucking... I mean, I get it. I get the NFL wanted to give us a good game, and the Saints, um, we're, obviously, we're going to be a good team, and the Falcons were supposed to be a good team, but that didn't pan out. Um, but Sunday started out as a cakewalk for the Saints against the Panthers, but soon it turned into a nail-biter. That almost turned into a nightmare if the Panthers kickers didn't miss three fucking times. Uh, the Saints defense had a pretty has had better days, um, but we do gotta give the D uh, credit for stepping up when when they were needed. Uh, Drew Brees himself had a great drive late to set up a game winning field goal, and let's give some love to Michael Thomas man who has 104 receptions before Thanksgiving. Like his stat line at the end of the day was 10 catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so I think uh, him being in the MVP conversation after Lamar and Russell Wilson is warranted. The guy has 104 receptions before Thanksgiving, bro. Think about that shit. Mm-hmm. You know where he's from? Ohio State. Go by, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Falcons have come crashing back down to earth after a 35-22 loss to Tampa Bay. Uh, that was a fun two-game win streak for those guys. At home. They got smoked out at home. <laughs> yeah. uh, without Hooper and Julio, man, Matt Ryan couldn't keep up with the Tampa Bay offense. That piled up 446 yards and four touchdowns. Um, and the defense pooped all over themselves this week. So not much not much I'll say here, man. The Falcons are bad at 3-8. and eight. Dan Quinn needs to go. Saints win big, 35-21. Right. I mean, the, the Saints defense... They're really missing Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, that defense has struggled since he's been out with a hamstring issue. Uh, I think he's trending to play on Thursday, but, I mean, who knows? Even if he does suit up, is that hamstring injury going to hold up? Is he going to be able to play the whole game? I'm going to say this. I like – I respect Drew Brees. He's one of the best quarterbacks that I've ever seen. But – I, I said it a few times earlier this season, and I I think the clip is coming. I think the clip is coming for Drew Brees. I mean, he his stat line was good, but he's not pushing the ball down the field anymore. Like, uh, he threw the ball 39 times, and out of those 39, eight of those passes were beyond 20 yards, and he only completed three of those. That, that That's less than 50%, and one of those incompletions was an interception to the other team. Like, we're going into the playoffs here, Throughout the uh, throughout the last, his six games where he was able to start, in one of those games he left because of the thumb injury. If you look at those, how many times he's attempted to throw the ball, he's averaging thirty five passes a game. Like, dude, like you can't you can't expect Drew Brees to just rail back and and throw it 35, 40 times a game anymore. You need to start establishing the run with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. I get it. Kamara is still rehabbing an ankle injury here. You can lean on Latavius Murray a little bit, but do you really want to use up all these bullets that Drew Brees has right now, right before you go in the playoffs? And it's going to look like the, the LA Rams in the NFC championship game again, where he just couldn't push the ball downfield anymore. And he was under throwing Ted Ginn that if he caught him in stride, that would have been a touchdown. And there wouldn't be a fucking no call in my opinion. Like this is, 
they're going to have to lean on the run game. They can lean on the run game in this game because Atlanta defense is just a sieve. They're talented, but there's not a whole lot of depth. I just I, I, I need to see more from the rushing attack from the Saints to, to help them move forward in the playoffs here. Uh, the over-under in this game is 49. Uh, give me the over, but give me give me Atlanta at home. I just don't think they're going to lay another egg uh, against, the, against another NFC South opponent at home. Devontae Freeman should be able to play this game. Julio Jones is a gamer. I expect him to play. And I think the secondary with the banged-up Marshawn Lattimore at best is going to have their hands full with the Calvin Ridleys and the Russell Gages of the world and Julio Jones. Like I said, as a gamer. He's going to be out there. Give me Atlanta at home. All right, all right. Uh, next up, 49ers versus the Ravens. Uh, battle atop the power rankings. Uh, most rankings have them one and two. Unstoppable. F- Hang on, let me hit you with the echo real Let's quick. Let's hear it, bro. Unstoppable, Unstoppable force meets an immovable object. The... 49ers and Ravens. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, so we discussed the 49ers earlier, so we won't bore you with those uh, uh, details again. Uh, but the 49ers made the Green Bay Packers look like a complete expansion team in that blowout. It was pretty yep. embarrassing. Uh, now the Ravens, man, let's send the MVP race. Lamar Jackson got this locked up. Uh, Lamar and the Ravens embarrassed and toyed with the Rams last night on Monday Night Football. Final score was 45-6, to and uh, Lamar Jackson finished with five touchdowns himself. Now, the brutal running style, it, it makes the uh, the Ravens look like a team possessed. Like, they have this identity, and they just fucking roll with the punches day, week in and week out. It's prototypical Baltimore football. Yeah, but I think we're overlooking in all the uh, the hype for the offense just how great that Ravens def- defense is as well. It's been sneaky good for the last, like, five, six weeks. Um, Ravens outgained the Rams uh, 480 to 221 yards and scored touchdowns in all seven possessions where Lamar Jackson was on the field. That's saying something. Uh, it's like it's like college offense almost, right? Uh, they have that vibe of similar concepts to college teams runs. And, and listen, I, maybe this is a discussion we should have for a different topic for a different day with more time. But like, I still don't understand how the Ravens are doing what they're doing because it essentially is 60% of a college offense. Uh, and this NFL hasn't figured out a way to stop it just yet. Now, it will eventually find a way. The, the one thing I've learned about this league is it will find a way to stop anybody. You right. know what I'm saying? No matter how great you are. But I, I, and if I had to guess, I think you'll start seeing a little bit of it um, this week with the 49ers in that front four. Um, I actually have the 49ers winning here 32-28. All right, all right. Uh, I mean, really, just to build off that, just on the San Francisco side, I, I saw a lot – from from Jimmy G in that route of the uh, of the uh, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he was smart with the ball. He didn't turn the ball over. He wasn't a pick machine. He wasn't. He didn't put the ball on the ground. He had two touchdowns on twenty attempts. Uh, and then I just think this rushing attack uh, with Coleman and Breida and Moster and Wilson. I think they're going to have an uphill battle just because the, uh, the the Baltimore Ravens their top three in rush defense. They held Todd Gurley to 20 yards, and I get a lot of that was dictated by game script, but like those 20 yards were on the fir- in the first quarter alone. Like they couldn't get anything going on the ground, so I think they're going to have to lean heavily on Jimmy G to try to air it out. And I think the the biggest winner of the NFL trade line trade deadline 
was the Baltimore Ravens when they traded for Marcus Peters because yeah. you have pair Peters with Marlon Humphrey and and then you have Jimmy Smith is coming back. I've said it a couple of times so far this season. This is probably one the best corner tandem in the league and then one of the best secondaries in the league short of the New England Patriots with Stephon Gilmore and company. Uh, that's they're a ball hawking defense. And Marcus Peters with the ultimate revenge interception last week. I think he's going to be flying around a little bit. Uh, against the the San Francisco 49ers. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the 49ers defense, they're going to have to be disciplined and contained. They're going to have to be on their guy, especially if they're running the option plays here and expect one of these linebackers, someone's going to have to be a spy or they're going to have to play a bunch of defensive backs to try to contain Lamar Jackson. But I just, I have Baltimore winning this game uh they're they're at home in this matchup the over under is 46 and i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say this what, what's today's date today's the 26 if baltimore takes care of business against the san francisco 49ers i'm penciling them in to go to the damn super bowl because they have they have an offense that's built to, for for you know January February football we're, we're playing outdoors I'm expecting the playoffs to go through New England and this is an offense that's built to just grind people down and this is no shit Bill Belichick if anybody's going to stop this team it's going to be Bill Belichick but I just with this brutal aggressive running style from Mark Ingram and company they're just going to punch people in the mouth and just Listen. run to fucking Miami in my opinion <sighs> I see your point, man, and and the only reason why I have some hesitancy is I don't see them going up to New England being the Patriots for a second time. I do not. I'm sorry. I, Lamar Jackson's the MVP. Uh, Lamar Jackson is lighting the world on fire, and I know people hate the Patriots, and you do as well. But there's no fucking way they're going into New England being the Patriots for a second time with around. this offense. Absolutely, with we will shut them down in New England. We but, will. Now, let me let me ask you this question: If Baltimore is able to put up 17 points, yeah. With the offensive weapons yeah, that's I, on the field. I, yeah. And listen, I get I, it. I, you, I, they I, can turn it up. But there's nothing through 12 weeks of football that is inspiring confidence with this with this aerial attack from from Brady and company. Mm-hmm. It's, it, with the ball hawking defense I, listen, here? I, I've learned over the years not to doubt the Patriots, no matter how grim or bleak it looks. Even last year, walking into the playoffs last year, I had I had no expectations of that Patriots team last year. And I'm never going to go against those guys. And if this is in New England in January, there's no fucking way the Ravens are winning that game. Absolutely not. We will do what is every single game with the Patriots – um, you will very rarely see the Patriots get blown out. Maybe once every five years. Maybe once, I don't know, maybe twice every five years. The last time I can think of was uh, the Ravens game was sort of close in my eyes. But like a brutal blowout was against the, uh, the 2002, 2012. Uh, what, the Dolphins when they ran the Wildcat? Yeah, right? So like I, I just I see oh, the, the Patriots finding a way somehow to stay in the game, keep it close, and eventually Brady will make the plays that he needs to make. He, we don't need Brady to make all the plays from you know the first minute to the last minute of the game. We just need him for that fourth quarter, keep it close, and make the plays that we need to make. I just don't think anyone's there to catch the ball. It, listen, y'all heard it first. November 20, what is this, 26th. This might be a uh, podcast that's not going to age well. Probably not going to be a tweet that ages well. But that's I'm pushing the chips in. If they take care of business against the San Francisco 49ers, fucking pencil them in to go to Miami. Uh, next up, Raiders versus Chiefs, man. Uh, keep it. Sh- I'm going to keep it short in the interest of time. Raiders, we already discussed them in the uh, the first block. 
Um, just to quickly recap, man, that was an absolutely embarrassing loss. I was somewhat on the fence of jumping on the Raiders bandwagon, but absolutely not. Not anymore. I think they're pathetic. They're not going to do anything. I was infuriated at that loss. Like, I was so mad that they lost that game 34-3. Like, it struck a nerve with me. I don't know why. Now, Chiefs, man, they were on a well-needed buy to get some uh, get some players healed up. Uh, the key for the Chiefs will be to slow down Josh Jacobs, who's had a, who's had who could have a massive game against the Chiefs defense because it's very leaky against running backs. Uh, they gave up 143 yards uh, per game rushing, which is ranked uh, 30th in the NFL. So far this year, five running backs have gone for, for more than 100 yards versus the Chiefs. And ultimately, I have no confidence uh, in, the, uh, in the Raiders, and I will not pick uh, Derek Carr over Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs 26-21. All right. Uh, like you said, the Raiders are going to have to pound the rock. They're going to have to run the ball. Uh, Frank Clark's been underperforming since he got traded and signed to a big-ass extension by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, there's we saw mobility out of Patrick Mahomes in that Mexico City game. Uh, he, he had to run for his life at times because his offensive lines are, you know, banged up and not the best. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he missed, like, pretty much the entire game uh, two weeks ago against the, the Chargers with the hamstring issue. He's looking to be on track to play, but it's another it's another one of those soft tissue injuries where we just don't know how that's going to hold up with his, you know, with his game being the explosive speed taking the top off of defense. I just don't know how long that's going to hold up for him. Uh, and you saw this offense sputter when he left, like Demarcus Robinson wasn't doing anything. Nicole Hardman wasn't doing anything. LaShawn McCoy got a little bit of run. Uh, I mean, it was really Travis Kelsey that carried that offense to, to a win. And the last time the chiefs and the Raiders played, look at that last time <laughs> Jay actually finished a giant, uh, you know, glass of Coke here and didn't fucking nurse the damn thing. Um, but the last time the chiefs, played the uh, the Oakland Raiders. They only scored a bunch of points in the second quarter, and then the offense came to a kind of a screeching halt throughout the rest of the game. I think they're going to need to sustain scoring drives and score early and often, um, especially the Raiders' defense going into that Jets game, like that front four with Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell, like they were they were kind of vaunted for a little bit. They kind of put got put high on a pedestal prematurely, in my opinion, uh, I think Crosby and company, they're going to have to bounce back, and they should be able to against this offensive line. The oh God, the over-under, I don't know how the over-under is 51 and a half. Uh, it's 51 and a half. I guess, no, give me the under. I don't think they're going to be 51 points in this game. Give no. me the under uh, and give me Kansas City at home. But I do think Oakland will cover the spread, which nice. is nine and a half. Cool, cool. Oh wait, I'm sorry. You, 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 Oakland, you picked Oakland to win the game. No, or? I picked oh, okay. I picked Kansas City to oh, okay. win, but I have Oakland okay. covering right, the points. Cool. Makes sense, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Pats versus Texans on Sunday Night Football. You guys already know how I feel about the Patriots. We talked about it ad nauseum so far. Uh, on the Texans side, the Texans won in a little bit of a slugfest versus the Colts on Thursday Night Football. Twenty to seventeen was the final score. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had a big game with two touchdowns. Watson had a good game as well with 298 yards and two TDs. Um, but Will Fuller's return added a new dimension to the offense. Now, Fuller ended up with seven catches and 140 yards. Um, and I was looking at some of the next-gen stats, but Watson seems to t- – whenever whenever Fuller's on the field, Watson takes double the deep shots when Fuller's not on the field. So it gives him some sort of confidence to air the ball out. Now, Fuller will need to step up big time because Gilmore is going to probably lock up DeAndre Hopkins on Sunday night. And it's going to come down to Fuller and seeing if he can capitalize on those one-on-one matchups. Um, 
And as negative as I am on the Pats offense, I will not pick against them. Give me Pats 17-10. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Here comes um, the Pats hate. It's not hate. <laughs> it's not hate when it's fact. Like, you can't move the fucking ball. Like, we're 9-1, though. I'm sorry, 10-1. Yeah, 10-1. Brady looks miserable. He's hurt. He actually came out today on, uh, I believe it was, well, it was last night, and then there was an article this morning uh, on CBS, but he did an interview yesterday on WEI that this elbow injury, it's not like a faux one to just put him on, like, the injury report to throw a monkey in the wrench. Like, he's actually getting additional therapy on this elbow injury that popped up on the injury report last week going into the Cowboy game. I mean, he's banged up. There's nobody that's catching the football. I... This offense isn't moving the ball short of what they can possibly do on the ground with Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Houston's 17th against the rush. They're, they should be able to find success, especially with, you know, uh, Isaiah Wynn coming back. Like I said, Isaiah Wynn returns. Sony Michelle kind of goes off in the game last week. Uh, Philip Dorsett, as of right now, he's still in concussion protocol. Who knows if he's going to be able to clear that and be able to, to line up. Uh, outside for Tom Brady and Mohamed Sanu. He's still nursing a high ankle sprain. He might miss this game. Uh, it was reported last week by Tom Curran that this might not be a one-week thing where he missed just the Cowboys game. This could be a several-week issue. Uh, so that's something to definitely keep an eye on, especially for fucking fantasy purposes. Uh, but the defense is still great. Uh, Gilmore and Hopkins, in my opinion, is going to be must-see TV. Uh, you know, best wide receiver, in my opinion, versus the best corner. Uh, but I think the Houston side success is going to need to come on the ground. And it's going to start with, um, you know, the ghost of Carlos Hyde. Uh, he kind of had a revitalization of his career down in Houston this season. And I think a lot of that's going to stem from him. I think this could be a, a big Duke Johnson game, especially if they get down a little bit here. Uh, and the front four, they're going to need to flush Brady out. They're going to need to get him to go on the move, make him uncomfortable, throw on the run. Uh, we've seen it a few times this year where it's either an interception or it's a close to being an interception when you flush Tom Brady out of the pocket. Uh, the over-under is 44 and a half. Oh, God. I'm going to go with the under. I Give me Houston at home. I just think, of course, I just think that Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson, especially with Deshaun Watson able to tuck the ball and run uh, in this Pats defense, that you can beat them on the ground, and they're going to be, you know, inside a dome. You're not going to have to worry about weather here. It's going to be a track meet at times. Just yeah, give me, give me Deshaun Watson at home. All right, all right. Um, in my opinion, this uh, this the Sunday night football should also be the 49ers. Dude, so I look at the Patriots schedule for the rest of the year. Um, so we have um, the Texans right this week. We have wait, where the fuck's this at? Do I have this right? You have Texans, Texans, Bengals, and Dolphins, right? No, so it's Texans, Chiefs. Oh yes, Chiefs, Bengals, mm -hmm. Buffalo. Dolphins and Dolphins, they end right. their season at home. Yeah, so it's five games left. Right? Out of those five games, the one trap game I see is Buffalo. I don't think so. I don't. But th if don't. it wasn't for a block punt against Buffalo and Josh, Josh, uh, uh, God, Josh Allen getting his head taken off, uh, yeah, that that might be an L in your column right there. So check it out. I I see uh, the Patriots winning against the Bengals, obviously winning against the Dolphins, winning against the Bills. Um, I see them winning against the Texans. I see them losing against the, the Chiefs. 
And at the end of the day, if you have two losses and you're 14 and two, it's still not a bad year. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I understand there's some concerns with the offense, but I'm not writing them off just yet. I've seen a lot of a lot of stuff this morning about how the Ravens are going to supplant uh, the Patriots in the AFC. And sure, it might be the case, but I'm not willing to do it. I'm not willing to believe it until I see it. Right, but they're, they're the top scoring team, but it's all, the points are coming on defense. Like the offense isn't doing shit. Yeah. Uh, Vikings and Seahawks, man. Vikings uh, were on a bye, but they went into the bye with a great 8-3 and record. 6-1 um, and one since week 5. Uh, they are a legit Super Bowl contender in the NFC East as their offense is a key part of their success. And listen, don't buy the Kirk Cousins hate people. Like, I believe there's a lot of negativity surrounding Kirk Cousins, but he is legit. Uh, sure, Dalvin Cook, you know, uh, helps in unlocking the play action stuff for Kirk. Uh, cousins, um, but Kirk Cousins himself has played above par, uh, surprisingly uh, so far. Uh, and, and another thing that I found interesting was that these guys are a big play, big play offense. And what I mean by that is they have 88 10 plus yards, um, which leads the NFL in explosive offense. Uh, in regards to the Seahawks, man, they grinded out a 17-9 win versus the Eagles on Sunday. Kind of a brutal game to watch. Uh, really cold and windy and nasty out there, just like New England uh, in Philadelphia. But the star of the game was Rashard Penny. 129 yards and a big 58 touchdown run to cap his day. Uh, I think Rashard Penny needs a bigger role in the rushing game just because Chris Carson, man, I'm so fucking over this guy. He fumbled again for the seventh time, which is leading the NFL on Sunday. Um, and I think at some point you really got to figure you should probably uh, uh, put Rashard Penny in there more often than not. Uh, Russell Wilson had a serviceable, a serviceable day, man, through a beautiful touchdown off a of flea flicker. Um, but I'm going to say it is hard to win in Seattle. Sorry, Aaron, the Vikings fan. I got the Hawks winning 37-27. Well, you know what, Aaron? Aaron, the Viking fan, I got you. I'm going with the, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm, I'm you know, with, with Kirk Cousins. He's going to have to step up his performance again in primetime. We saw that a couple of weeks ago down in Dallas uh, when they were able to rip off a, a win down in Jerry World, Jerry World. Uh, and they were uh, they, they they sealed the win there. I think Dalvin Cook's going to be able to get a lot of run, especially with the play action game here. Uh, and I think Adam Thielen he's tracking to come back. Uh, they released uh, Josh Dotson uh, to promote a linebacker from I believe the practice squad. So that's kind of a, a vote of confidence that Thielen should be able to go. Uh, Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and the Seattle Seahawks defense is not that good. It's it's not that great. Uh, Javion Clowney missed last week with a core injury. He may miss this week here. Uh, the, the, it's not the Legion of Boom anymore. Uh, so I think they'll be able to move the ball at will a little bit here, uh, even though they're going up against Russell Wilson, uh, the magician who's coming off, in my opinion, back-to-back pedestrian performances. Um, you know, they had that overtime win against the San Francisco 49ers two weeks ago, but he didn't really light up the stat sheet that much. And I think... Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, Met, DK Metcalf, and Josh Gordon. However, they are in on paper a prime spot to you know tear this Minnesota Vikings secondary apart. You know Xavier Rhodes for the longest time has always been the guy, the shutdown corner, and this season he hasn't been the Xavier Rhodes of old, and the secondary has been able to be had. Uh, but I think this front four of the Minnesota Vikings should be able to get push up against. This, uh, this this offensive line here, uh, and I think Rashard Penny, like you said, he should be able to get, he should have a bigger share in this offense. Pete Carroll's the guy that's going to go with the hot hand here. 
Uh, so I would expect a little bit more run from Rashard Penny. But with all that being said, the over-under, it's 49. Give me the over and give me Minnesota on the road in a primetime matchup. Uh, this this could, in my opinion, this is a Super Bowl-ready team. And they're going to take a giant step forward with the win uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. All right, cool, cool. And that concludes our... Uh, week 13 uh, games that we pick. Uh, is there... Do you want to get to this fucking crazy Twitter lady? Or you want to do that no, next week? No, f- fuck that lady. I think it's a Russian... But, so we, we did a quick poll, real quick, bring up the speed. Did a poll uh, in regards to the NFL 100 all-time team because last week they did an announcement. They listed the running backs. And surprising enough, O.J. Simpson made that list as a uh, all-time team member. So I was like, all right. Is Michael Vick a one uh, NFL 100 top team? Should he be listed with there? In my opinion, I think he should. He transcended the position. He's he's done things that you know Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon couldn't do. Uh, he still holds the single season rushing record at like uh, 1,060 yards or something like that, which Lamar Jackson's on pace to shatter at this rate. So I put a poll up, and this crazy lady like. Put a picture up of like a what was it like a do, like a dog that yeah. was part of the the, yeah. the Michael Vick like a dog fighting ring. Yeah, it's a like Michael Vick uh, animal abuser, and it's like listen, I'm not indicting Michael Vick here. Like what he did, what he was associated with, which one he was funding the dog fighting ring. He wasn't doing the heinous acts that the other people were doing, as far as I know from court records. But I could be wrong, so if I'm wrong, just let me know. Um, but he did time. He did two years in federal prison. He did more time than Dante Stallworth and Dante Stallworth plowed through an intersection high on weed and killed somebody and only did 30 days in the Florida jail. Uh, so my question was just strictly based on football and she comes back with that. And if you go on this person's Twitter page, she, I think she just did a search one day of just Michael Vick and it was just like tweets at people with like the same picture. She was just batshit crazy and then, like, I think she was also a Russian bot trying to, like, bait people into, like, having this debate about the fucking precedent. Like, dude, I, could, I couldn't believe it. Yep. Uh, her uh, Twitter handle is at Bex is Blonde. Yeah. What a fucking nut job. Real gem. Real gem. But real <laughs> if, quick. If she is a real person, my God, I feel bad for her. I don't man. think so. I'm going She's hashtag. Got, she, I mean, I think it's a bot as well. But if she is real, man, oh, my God, get a life lady. But hashtag Russian bot. Uh, but real quick, going to get to the plugs. But I just want to thank you guys again. We're going into the Thanksgiving. We're going into the holiday season. I just want to thank you fans for listening, subscribing, downloading, sharing this podcast. Uh, I want to shout out the OGs one more time. The Sarah O's. The, you know, Freddie, Hercules, 24, 24, Josh, Haitian, who dat, uh, our boy, Derek, D-Rec, Derek Schwallenberg, our man, uh, plugged us up a bunch of times while he was flying on trips. Your boys, Dan Harris, Hammer Time. What's, what's Hammer Time's name? Mike Parentino. Mike Parentino, we appreciate you. But we call you. him Da Hammer. Da Hammer. He hammer lays the hammer down. Aaron, Aaron, the Vikings fan. Hammer time. We we appreciate you guys. Love the support. Continue uh, promoting the podcast for us out there. But 
for those of you that don't know, new subscribers, you can like and uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Uh, Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Um, when we're not starting fights with uh, animal rights activists, we're actually tweeting some takes about fucking football news and people in general. So be sure to like, subscribe, follow us on uh, all social media platforms. And uh, if you have any feedback, uh, it's always appreciated. Hit us up. Uh, this podcast is for you. We want to tailor it towards you. And I've been slacking, Freddie. I got to hit you with this, especially because we're going to be playing in the fantasy football playoffs pretty soon. But Freddie Soliotis, you're fired! I got some breaking news. You ready for this? Yeah. Breaking. Miles Garrett now claims Mason Rudolph and two Nigerian men wearing MAGA hats attacked him and he said racial slurs. Oh, that's just a small ad. Yes. Okay. I thought, I thought it was funny. What a guy. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Here I am like, oh man, is AV going to Philadelphia? What the hell is this? <laughs> Uh, that's all I got for plugging it up, Jay. We good? Happy Thanksgiving, folks. Eat some turkey, cobble gobble. Talk to you next week. Bye, Condios.